Well, after hearing some of that sharing, folks, I hope that kind of stirred some things in you about what Christmas means to you. You might want to even take a moment and just go around in your family and say, what does Christmas mean to you? Put us on pause for that, man, <laughs> and make it work. But for some of you ladies, I know Christmas doesn't seem to be like a gift of rest and relaxation. It can be just a lot of uh, chaos and all that kind of stuff. And, and I want to say thank you to all the men who decide to engage in the preparation. Yeah. That's helpful for us. Yeah, she's, she's thinking of me when she's saying I that. I am. So we read earlier today uh, some scripture from Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verses 18 through 25. But one, uh, the first phrase in that portion of scriptures is what stood out to me and what we want to focus on this morning. And that's this. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. I love that the Christmas story starts out with those words. Now, when I look at that phrase, I think about birthdays. I think about how every one of us have one. Mm -hmm. So just for a few moments, Lois and I want to give you a few words concerning the birthday of Jesus, but also sharing our birthdays and also birthdays with our children. So maybe uh, your kids have never heard their birth story. So as we're sharing, hopefully you can take some time and share about your birth stories. And maybe you kids want to ask your parents, what was our birth story or my birth story? And you can start out by saying this, how the, this is how the birth story of, and then put your name in there, came about. Okay, the first word we want to give you this morning is the word anticipation. Now, the word anticipation means expectation or hope to see something coming in advance. So when it comes to our stories, this is how my birth came about. My parents were full of anticipation when they found out they were pregnant with my brother Pinky. They had planned Pinky, but they weren't really excited when I came into their lives. In fact, I was a surprise. Pinky was planned and I was unplanned. No one plans another baby to come 10 months after you were pregnant the last time, unless you want to be pregnant all the time. And my mom was not one of those kind of ladies. Anyway, uh, my birth came. I was born in the local hospital here in Grace Harbor called St. Joseph's uh, in Aberdeen. It's where the uh, local health department is now. Fathers were not allowed in the birthing rooms in those days, so they sat in a waiting room waiting for the news of what they had produced. Once they found out what uh, they had produced, they would run out. Or who they had produced. Or who they had produced. They, that's a good point. They went out and bought cigars with wrapper. On, on the wrapper, it would say, it's a boy or it's a girl. And uh, then they would hand it out to all their buddies of how proud uh, of a dad they were and what they had done. It was tough work for the father in those days. While the mom was recovering from the birth process, somehow he would manage until mom came home three days later with their great little package. I remember when I was around eight years of age, uh, asking my mom if she had planned me or if I was a mistake. And she honestly answered, no, honey, we didn't plan you, but God did. And that answer gave me a sense of purpose. It made me realize God had planned me whether my parents had or not, which means, which meant to me, God had a plan 
for my life. Okay, let's look at Joseph's story just for a moment. Joseph was engaged to Mary. He had negotiated a dowry for her, which means he paid a certain amount of money. Currency was not part of the day, so he paid a cow or a couple of cows or maybe three bulls for her. But once the negotiations were settled, at that point, they were legally engaged and they were legally bound to each other, uh, even though they had not consummated the marriage yet. At that point, Joseph returns to his own home with his parents and begins to prepare a house for them to live in. Uh, and so if you didn't have much money back then, you put on an addition to the parents' house. Aren't you ladies glad that's not the case now? Getting married and living in the same premises of, as your in-laws. Now, this was usually the groom's first construction process so or project, and so the father, his father, was responsible to tell him when he was finished. It wasn't just about the house. It was about the doors being hung. It was about uh, all of the furniture being made, cabinets, tables, uh, the kitchen utensils. All those things were being done in that year. So the father of the groom determined when it was done because he had done this before and he knew when the construction was over. All the while, while the groom was preparing all this, the bride is back home, not knowing when the groom is going to show up and the wedding for the wedding festivities to begin. So the bride and the bridal party were always prepared for the groom to come at any time. Does this bell or does this ring a bell in your life or about uh, a verse in John 14 where it says, where Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. It also says in Matthew 24, 36, that no one knows the day nor the hour except the Father. So what the, what is the church called throughout the New Testament? We're called the bride of Christ. So a Jewish wedding is symbolic of the return of Jesus Christ for his bride. And Jesus is anticipating, preparing for us as his bride. It will be a great day when Jesus returns for us. So back to the story. So Joseph is full of anticipation, seems to be prepared, but he wasn't prepared for his new wife to tell him she was pregnant with uh, the Son of God by the Holy Spirit. And because he was a godly man and he didn't want to publicly shame her, he decides to divorce her quietly. And that's when the angel of the Lord shows up in Joseph's life. Uh, he's, and he says this, you didn't plan this baby, but I did. And he wants you to know, and he wanted Joseph to know, we've been anticipating this baby mm -hmm. since the beginning of time. Since Adam and Eve sinned, we've been anticipating Jesus to come on the scene. Aren't you glad when your plans uh, get interrupted and take an unexpected turn, God is still involved behind the scenes, even when you can't see it. And this child of yours, this is what the angel says, is going to change the world. This child I'm entrusting you with to raise on my behalf is going to be the savior of all mankind. Joseph thought he was prepared, but he wasn't. But God showed up and began a heart preparation, transformation in Joseph to receive the Savior into his life as well. His anticipation turned into apprehension and then into 
astonishment all at the same time. What is God up to? What is this child uh, that, that is on its way and my wife? What have I gotten myself into? How am I going to work through all of this? Well, anticipation turned into the second word, and that's arrival. I'm going to let Lois tell you her story. Well, my story comes before the arrival. Um, when I got pregnant, it was a totally unexpected pregnancy for me, and not one that I was excited about, actually, because I was still trying to figure out how to be a wife. It was about nine months after we were married, and um, I also was a practicing bulimic at that time and knew that that was really a, a problem. And so I feared for my child. I also was um, thinking that this would be an opportunity for God to maybe punish me. And I had never seen God as a punishing God before. He was always my loving Heavenly Father. And so the first six months of our pregnancy was a miserable six months for me because I was so unprepared for what was now happening in my body. And when I was um, at the six-month mark, we were walking home from church one day, and a man stopped me on the sidewalk and just assured me that God told him three months before that I was going to have a very healthy yeah. baby and I didn't have to fear. Yeah. That totally changed my perspective. I now knew that God was involved in this baby and it was going to be just fine. So we went home and, uh, and I started the preparation. I actually had just such a sense of relief at that point and it changed my perspective entirely because I did know God was now involved in my life and he was not mad at me and sometimes you know we need to be reminded God is not mad at us even yeah. when we're doing things that are not pleasing to him he just wants to draw us back into his loving arms and that's what he did for me yeah. when we brought our daughter home from the hospital actually before we brought our daughter home when we went in to have her I was a very ignorant uh um, young lady who knew nothing and and um, Both of us. yeah we it was really sad sad but but brought some excitement too so uh, we went into the hospital to have Jamie and when she was born on the birthing table the doctor looked at us and said would you like to dedicate this child to the Lord yeah that I didn't even know the doctor's name I have no idea the name of the doctor because I'd never met him before but the Lord knew that that was the right man to have in that birthing room with us. Yeah. And we all held hands. Yeah, the three of us. And we prayed for our daughter, dedicated her to the Lord, and then we took her home to our new home. We had moved from our apartment to a home that was so unprepared for a baby. I had a crib. I had a changing table. But other than that, I knew nothing about being a mom. But it was exciting. I knew that God was in it. I knew that once I saw Jamie on that on that birthing table, my heart was completely filled. And then when Jill was born, two years later, it was the same thing. Because there is delight in being able to be part of God's plan. The first one prepares the way. Mm -hmm. It gives you anticipation, yeah. apprehension, and oh, then totally. for the arrival... But the second one, it, it, it's a little easier because you already know what you're doing. At least I knew how to fold a yeah. diaper by then. Yeah, and, and, and between the two of us, not only was Lois surprised, I was surprised she was pregnant because Jamie really wasn't planned, but God planned her. Exactly. And uh, I thought we were both prepared for the birth. We had a nice little room for her, a nice crib. We had a changing table. No decorating. And a diaper bucket. And 
I neither one of us had ever changed a diaper before. Right. I had never fed a baby before. I had never dressed a baby before. And I remember these cloth diapers. You you put them, held them together with a safety pin. And I remember poking both Jamie and Jill several times to the point where probably Lois said, just let me do it because both girls were usually crying by the time I got done changing a diaper for them. Anyway, her mom taught us how to do that. And uh, her mom helped us get prepared for that arrival of Jamie and uh, help her kind of grow in a, <laughs> in, in, in a normal way. She grew up and she's like, both of our girls are great kids. <laughs> yep, they, they are. They survived us. In spite of us, that's right. Now, once Mary and Joseph had accepted their plan, uh, had been interrupted for their wedding, I think they weren't quite planned uh, or ready for the arrival of Jesus and how it would come about. I think th they thought, since he was the Son of God, there might be a special suite for them in the palace about three to six miles away, and they would maybe birth Jesus in the palace. Or they might have Jesus uh, in the Bethlehem Inn and Suites mm. that would be there. But they found out there was no room for them anywhere in the stable uh, or in, in, the, in, the inn. in the inn. So... The only thing that was left was a stable. And I think the place he arrived in had to be somewhat of a disappointment to them. Mm. I mean, it wasn't St. Joseph's Hospital where uh, our mothers were surrounded by nurses and doctors and uh, made sure it was a very safe birth. Mary was surrounded by cows and uh, lambs and who knows what else. And a somewhat, I don't want to mean this bad, but I think he was somewhat an incompetent uh, husband. He'd never done this before. He wasn't prepared for it. Probably never changed a diaper. Probably never fed a child before. So this arrival of where the baby was birthed might have been a disappointment, and uh, but they turned a disappointment into a divine appointment. They realized God was up to something, and this baby was really special. Shortly after the, the baby arrived, uh, shepherds in the fields received an angelic visitation and announced to them the birth of Jesus. And then after that, there was this angelic choir. Actually, it was the armies of God that turned yes. into a choir and began to sing and announce the birth. And so uh, the shepherds thought, this is amazing. Let's go to Bethlehem, which is maybe a mile or two away, and began to uh, say, we got to see this, this baby. And the baby was there in a trough, a feeding trough, trough wrapped in cloths. So Mary and Joseph had an arrival like no other, but they turned their stable arrival into a stable story that we're still talking about 2,000 years later. Because Mary and Joseph found God in their stable experience. Yes. See, a God perspective is the ability to see God in every situation. It's the ability to see God not only in the palace, but the ability to see him in the stable. See, what you always see what you're looking for. And there's a big difference when you're looking at something instead of looking for something. If you're going through a stable experience this Christmas, may I encourage you not to look at the circumstance, but look for God in the circumstance. Don't let your disappointments cause you to lose the treasure in the stable. 
See, God had already arrived, or God was arrived in their stable. And if you will look for him and not look at the stable, you will find him and you will realize he's a treasure. Immature Christians only see God in the good times, but miss him in the tough times. Okay, there's one last word I want to leave you with, and it's the word gift. Every birthday, uh, we always gather around that person, celebrate their lives, and we bring gifts to that person. And we love it because there's cake and ice cream and all that good stuff, which we blew out a cake for Jesus earlier uh, today. But even though we gather around him and celebrate him, I just want you to know for Jesus' birthday, he doesn't receive gifts. He is the gift. Yes. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. God gave us Jesus as a gift at Christmas. And if we are not careful, we can miss the gift at Christmas and only think about the gifts we're going to receive. Mm -hmm. Let me give you just some of the things that I get out of this scripture about Jesus. Number one, Jesus came as God's gift to us. It says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. See, Jesus came to us at Christmas. Jesus wasn't Jesus wasn't just a gift to Mary and to Joseph. He was a gift to us. Did you know that over 40 times in the New Testament, Jesus is called a gift? Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I just want you to know he's indescribable. There aren't enough words to describe how awesome this God is and what a great gift he is. I believe 10,000 years into heaven, we'll still be saying, isn't he indescribable? 100,000 years into heaven, we're going to go, he's inexhaustible. We cannot begin to even describe how great our God is. And yet as amazing as the gift is, our God has expressed it in such a way that he sent us that gift as a baby so we can understand his love. Why a baby? Because babies are approachable. Babies are relatable. His diapers had to be changed. He had to be fed. He had to be nurtured. Uh, he, he was approachable and he needed to be helped and loved. He came with humility. Why? So you and I would never forget. He understands our weaknesses and he understands our struggles. And yet he was able to grow in godliness and humility and live without sin. Also this Christmas, he comes to tell us this. I don't know if you want to share anything about this, but Jesus came to lift your burdens. Mm -hmm. He tells us in Isaiah 9 that the government will be upon his shoulders. That means all the governments of the world are, are they're nothing compared to God. That means every knee will bow. Kings and presidents will bow before him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And in that same chapter of Isaiah 9 and verse 4, it tells us what kind of uh, leader he'll be. It tells us he will break every yoke to our slavery and lift burdens off 
our shoulders. And Matthew eleven twenty eight is one of my very favorite scriptures. It okay. says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Yeah. So today, if you are carrying a heavy burden, he is here to give you rest. If it yes. feels hard for you, then you're carrying more than God intended for you to carry. And just cast your care upon him. Let him have it, because he is so much better That's at carrying right. those burdens than we are. That's right. He's the burden breaker and the burden bearer. And then number th another thing that he came to do is he came to meet our deepest needs. God knew we needed a savior and a deliverer, deliverer because he knew yes. we would never be able to deliver ourselves from our sin, sinly state. So God the Father sent his only son to deliver us. And that's why Isaiah calls him the wonderful counselor. Do you know that the, that word counselor is not like a counselor we would say that gets a five star by Google or Yelps or something like that. He's the source, it means, of all wisdom. Yeah. It goes on to say he's the mighty God, which means he's the mighty warrior. He's the champion of champions, the hero of heroes, the knight in shining armor. Yep. He is the one who comes to the rescue. Yep. That's why you need to know today that he is the greatest gift that you could ever receive this That's Christmas. It goes on to say on top of that, he's an everlasting father. Now, whether you had a good father or not, all of us can describe what a good father should look like or should be. And I think Joseph was one of those fathers, kind fathers. And I think that's why maybe God chose him yes. to be the, the stepfather of Jesus. Yes. See, a, a good father's not indifferent. And Joseph wasn't indifferent. He was interested in Jesus. He taught him how to be a carpenter. A good father understands your weakness and loves you uh, anyway, even when you're uh, in those tough times, a God father doesn't turn his back on you in your time of need. You need to know today, he is the everlasting father, the, uh, the one who's always interested in you. He knows when you're struggling and you don't need less of him. He knows that you need more of him. He doesn't back away from you. And one of the hard things I think that we struggle with is when we had a, a very imperfect uh, earthly father. It is yeah. hard to see that God is different than our earthly father, but please know he is faithful. He will never ever abandon you and he was always there to help you. Yeah. Psalms 103, 13 and 14 say this, the Lord is like a father to his children, mm -hmm. tender and compassionate to those who fear him, for he knows how weak we right. are. He remembers we are only dust. There's no greater gift than having Jesus be a father to us. And then lastly, the Prince of Peace. Our tendency is to think of peace as the absence of conflict and when everyone, that everyone gets along. But in the Hebrew, that's not what this word means. It's not the absence of something. It means the presence of someone. See, peace starts when we receive his gift at Christmas and his presence invades every part of of our lives, spirit, soul, and body, mind, will, and emotions. And when you do that, when we give him our sins, he brings and invades our life with his presence, and all of a sudden, the sin fades away, and we become righteous in Christ, and his presence changes everything. Now, I think some of the people who, uh, when I think about this, situation or not situation but when i think of the peace of god i think the greatest way to to know that is to know people's stories so maybe this morning you might want to take 
a moment to look around your family and have them tell their story of how they've come to know Jesus. I think of the five people who shared at Thanksgiving several weeks ago, but I was thinking of how they came and shared about not knowing Jesus at all. Some did that. Some shared about their different religious backgrounds. Uh, some shared about how they were on the verge of suicide. And maybe that's you as you're listening this morning. I want you to know that Jesus came today to save you from yourself. Jesus came as a gift. He came to lift the burden. He came to meet the deepest needs of your life. And each one of those folks that shared their story, and Lois and I too, our stories, we were anticipating the arrival of a Savior that could change everything. He came and made their lives new from the inside out. He did that for us. He can do that for you. Birthdays bring anticipation. They bring some strange arrivals, and they are gifts from God. Jesus is the greatest gift you will ever receive at Christmas. Today, I hope you will talk about how you came into this world. I hope you you will, if you weren't planned, I hope you know that God planned you. Uh, I hope you know that your arrival was special to God, whether it was to your parents or not. He'd love to receive you into his family today. So if you could make take just a moment, bow your head, close your eyes, and pray this prayer with me. And if we do that, and as we do that, you can put in the margin or in the comments section that today I pray this prayer with Pastors Doug and Lois. So if that's you this morning, would you just pray this prayer with us right now? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus as a special gift to me. Thank you that you sent Jesus to save me from my sins. So I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life and be my Savior, my Lord, my boss, my friend, and my King. And by your grace and by your power, as I receive this gift, I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, God bless you. I hope your Christmas is amazing today. And I hope you don't forget to celebrate Jesus' birthday.